0: I want to start with this uh, somewhat disturbing but provocative image in the first reading of the prophet Jeremiah who was thrown into a deep pit and was sinking in the mud. And I want to uh, suggest that this is a bit of a a metaphor for life at times. Is it not? (laughs) Anyone had the experience of sinking in the pit? Maybe it was a, a pit of difficult circumstances or, or the pit of loneliness, the feeling of emptiness or the pit of physical and emotional pain. You ever felt that pit? The pit of a relationship breakdown, maybe? The pit of failure, regret, guilt, shame? Or maybe it's the pit of deep grief and unexplainable suffering perhaps you're in one or multiple of those pits right now now what makes jeremiah's situation even worse was the fact that he was thrown into the pit for doing the right thing right he was obedient to god and there he was sinking in the mud that can make our difficulties our challenges our suffering even more difficult to accept can't it when they seem to be unfair. The key point I want to make tonight is that whilst we won't always understand the reason for our suffering, God will always help us to rise above it, which of course is what happens to Jeremiah. God rescues him from the darkness and the hopelessness of the pit. This again is a symbol, it's a sign of what God wants to do for each And every one of us wants to pull us out of that pit. St Paul says it like this, that God turns all things to good for those who love him. All things. For those who are in relationship with him. Now, I suspect that if you look back at your life and you kind of identify, um, you know, those Big moments of growth, perhaps the big blessings in your life, even if you haven't been particularly close to God, you probably recognise that they come off the back of some kind of challenge, some kind of suffering. God seems to use those moments to help us to evolve spiritually in our humanity. And what Paul is saying is that this is even more the case when we're in relationship with God. So my first question to you tonight is, when you are in the pit, is this what you remind yourself of? Do you, do you remind yourself that, oh, hang on, God can turn this to good? Do you believe it? You see, this is not just one of Jesus' many teachings. This is the teaching of Jesus this is what he witnesses to us through his life and his death and, and the resurrection. He made it abundantly clear that God wants to pull us out of our pits. He wants to redeem us. Right? He wants to save us, and not just at some point in the future after we die, but here and now. Salvation should start to impact our lives here. Today I want to um, reflect a little bit on how we can avail ourselves of this saving power of God here and now. It's going to be a little bit more of a teaching today, so feel free if you want to whip out your phones and take some notes. You're very welcome to do that. (laughs) All right, so here's the first thing we need to do if we want to avail ourselves of God's saving power. We need to really want it. This might sound obvious, but it's not so common, perhaps, or not as common as we might think it is. We need to really want God to save us. Sometimes we've been in a pit for so long that we actually have gotten used to it. You ever experienced that? You, you sort of made your home there? I mean, you, you complain about it all the time, and, and, and um, you might even pray that God pulls you out of this pit, but deep down, if you really test your heart, you probably realise That um, you quite like it in this pit because it means that you don't have to take responsibility for your life. You can just um, play the victim and and keep complaining, keep blaming someone else or something else for, for the lot of your life. What we can do at times is sort of take on this victim identity, right? If we want God to save us, that's the first thing that's got to go. God cannot get to us unless we really want him to, unless we really want our life to change, unless we really believe that even though that change might be a bit foreign, a bit difficult, it is the best thing for us. So that's the first thing. We need to really want God to save us if we want him, if he's going to save us. The second uh, thing we need to do, and this is what I want to reflect on mainly today, is... Uh, if If we want to access the saving power of God, we need to wait on God. We need to wait. Listen to the psalmist today. He's reflecting on his own experience in the pit, and he said, I waited, I waited for the Lord, and he stooped down, to me, he heard my cry. He drew me out from the deadly pit, from the miry clay. He set my feet upon a rock and made my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, praise of our God. Now, waiting might sound easy enough, right? Okay, I can, I can wait on God. But in reality, we don't like waiting very much, do we? What do you do when you're waiting for a few minutes at the bank? Or uh, in the um, supermarket, what do you do? You whip out your phone, right? <laughs> you start scrolling. There's a certain pain in waiting which we like to distract ourselves from, and the same is true when it comes to waiting in our pit or in our challenges, in our suffering. Psychologists talk about it as uh, fight or flight. These are the two common responses. Uh, we, we might try and fight this suffering this, these challenges, right? We, we try and fix it, we try and work it out, we try and sort of climb our way out of there, or we do the opposite. Flight, we, we kind of, we run. We, uh, we might pretend that the pit's not even there. We sort of cover it over, right? We distract ourselves with other pleasures. We go to Chadstone, buy some shoes. Uh, or, um, I don't know, book our next holiday. Scroll endlessly through social media, um, get obsessed with something, anything, so I don't have to face this mud I'm sinking in. I'd rather be in the mud with nice new shoes than just, you know. <laughs> but as we've all probably experienced, both of these responses fight or flight. They don't help us much. In fact, often they leave us in a deeper pit than when we started. Jeremiah, the, the psalmist today, Jesus, all of the saints, they show us that the best way by far to get out of our pit, to rise above it, is to wait on God. In the Old Testament, there's a short book called Lamentations, and it's a Um, a reflection on suffering and the the author is reflecting on his own experience And, and and here's what he came to learn about suffering he says god proves to be good to the man who passionately waits to the woman who diligently seeks it is a good thing to quietly hope quietly hope for help from god it is a good thing when you're young young ones to stick it out through the hard times. When life is heavy and hard to take, go off by yourself, enter the silence, bow in prayer, don't ask questions, wait for hope to appear. Don't run from trouble, take it full face. The worst is never the worst. This kind of waiting, this spiritual waiting is a little bit different to the kind of ordinary waiting that we might be used to. See, spiritual waiting is an active process. There are things we need to do as we wait. And and so I want to finish today by by offering three important components, uh, three things that we need to do as we wait on God. Here's the first. We need to first acknowledge and accept the pit that we are in. If you're wondering... How you can take responsibility for your life, how you can let go of that victim mentality, this is how you do it. It's by saying, All right, God, yep, I'm in this pit right now. And and I don't like it, I don't understand it. I don't think it's fair, but I choose to accept it. Right? This is the pit, and I accept it. Acceptance is so powerful. Because it you know one of the things it does it helps us to get out of this this kind of rut we can get in, in, in our minds right when we 're facing challenges we sort of get stuck up here but when we can just acknowledge and accept it and say right there it is it helps us to become more present and it helps us to to to, to sort of understand to start to see how God is working here and now in the midst of our pit you know there are a few occasions in the, in the Gospel of Luke where Mary had faced a challenging or a bit of a perplexing situation, right? And, and after that moment, uh, Luke writes that she treasured these things and she pondered them in her heart. I wonder if that was Luke's way of saying that Mary just, after she had these challenging kind of moments, she, she just took a moment just to, 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 to acknowledge it. Just to accept it and say, all right, this is happening. To kind of chew it over in her heart with her God. She pondered it in her heart. The second important component of this waiting is perseverance. In our second reading today, it's uh, it's a letter to the Hebrews, uh, and the, the author is writing to a church, the early church who is being persecuted. Right, they're in the pit too. And listen to what he says: Keep running steadily in the race we have started. Don't stop just because it's hard. God has called you, so keep running. Stay on the journey. Sometimes uh, we may be in a pit and and, uh, it may be necessary to stop, right? It may be necessary to change course. But but most often, it seems, the best thing to do is just to stay on course. Keep doing what we feel God has called us to do in our work, in our relationships, in our service in the community, whatever it is. Keep doing it generously, faithfully. Keep trusting that God will show up in this situation and he'll use it to bring about a good for you, that God won't let anything go to waste, especially the challenging stuff. He'll use it all. This week, we remember we celebrate um, Mary MacKillop last Monday. And you probably know Mary MacKillop had an incredible impact on our country in New Zealand. And uh, she set up schools for the working class in remote areas. She... um, Established, of course, the the Order of Sisters. Uh, She provided shelters for for abandoned elderly and kids living on the streets. The Incredible, incredible contribution this woman made. But what we might not know is that as she was doing what God was inviting her to do, just like with Jeremiah today, she faced incredible resistance. Unbelievable resistance. She was publicly shamed, unfairly accused, cut off from the church, her own church, cut her off, excommunicated her. She faced the prospect of failure many times. She endured a lot of physical illness and fatigue. At one point in her letter, she writes, Sometimes I think that were it not for the thought of God's will in all this, I would forget my vows and every duty and run away from it. ever felt a bit like that? But she remained patient. She kept doing what she could do. She kept looking to God. And and as, as a result of that patient trust, God was able to do the most extraordinary things in and through her. Mary says, try to remember that God will bring about what's best in God's own time. A little patience will in the end be rewarded. The third and perhaps the most important thing that we need to do as we wait on God is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. Again, uh, from our second reading today, the author says, Let us not lose sight of Jesus, who leads us in our faith and brings it to perfection. Why fix our eyes on Jesus? Because he has been in the deepest and the darkest pit. He has is, he is, uh, planted his feet and he's sunk into our mud. He endured our grief and our guilt and our failure and our shame and our isolation and he overcame it. You see, because, because Jesus, when he was in the pit, he faithfully waited on the Father. He found a way through to the glory on the other side of our suffering and our death. And what the writer of the Hebrews is saying here today is that as we take our focus off ourselves, off our own mind and you know, off our own ideas and our own stories and our own you know, complaints, as we take our mind off that and we, we fix our eyes on Jesus instead, as we spend time in prayer with him and reflect on his word and, 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 and receive him in the sacraments, In some mysterious way, this glory, this victory of of Jesus, uh, starts to rub off on us. It starts to kind of redeem us, just by looking to him. See, the most important way that, that Jesus pulls us out of the pit is not so much by changing our circumstances, but by changing our perspective. By helping us to see differently. When we, when we take that journey from, from the head, you know, from, from us, from ourselves, from our ego to the heart where Christ is, he starts to help us to see things in a whole new way. We find answers to the various challenges of our life that we cannot find anywhere, or anywhere else. St Paul talks about this as the hidden wisdom of God. God God's wisdom which we we find in Christ, we find in, you know, in the depth of our heart, it gives us a new way of interpreting our challenges. And sometimes this wisdom will also help us to get out of our, our circumstances, or to rise above them. You know, God will give us a wisdom to know how to navigate. But not always. That's not the most important way God saves us, redeems us. The deepest, the most fundamental way is by changing how we see, giving us a different perspective. St Paul suffered tremendously, but he also declared, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worth comparing with the glory about to be revealed to us. You see, because he kept his eyes on Christ as he suffered, he found this hidden wisdom. He found it, and it shifted his whole... whole, It enabled him to live with tremendous suffering, deep suffering, physical suffering mental, emotion, all kinds of suffering, but he did it with such joy and such freedom. Not because Jesus changed his circumstances, but helped him because he helped him to see in a new way. So, if you want to open up more fully to the saving power of God, first, you need to really want it. You need to be prepared to acknowledge and to let go of that victim identity, right? The complaining, the, the blaming. And then... You need to patiently acknowledge and accept what you're facing. Be prepared to to persevere in spite of it and keep your eyes on Christ. This kind of waiting is never in vain. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate, or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.